0: Extra Shot episode on the Project Zion podcast, a shorter episode that lets you get your Project Zion fix in between our full-length episodes. It might be shorter time-wise, but hopefully not in content. So regardless of the temperature at which you prefer your caffeine, sit back and enjoy this Extra Shot. Welcome to Project Zion Podcast. This is your host for today, Robin Linkhart, and I am gonna spend some time chatting with Parker Johnson about virtual ministry in Community of Christ. So Parker, we are happy to have you on Project Zion today.
1: Good to be here.
0: Parker, we'd really like to hear a little bit about you and about your journey with Community of
1: Christ. Sure, so um, I'm a lifer. I've been around Community of Christ um, my whole life. Um, I just turned 30 this year, so that gives you some context. Um, and I now work for the church actually um, in Canada West Mission Center, which is kind of comprised of the western four provinces in Canada. And um, I work as my title is Church Mission and Young Adult Ministry Specialist. Um, so I'm doing a lot of different things. Um, but before that, I was also involved in my home mission center, which is in Oklahoma. So um, from there, I kind of springboarded and, and got a position here in Canada.
0: My understanding, Parker, is that um, you have actually a lot of education background and things related to uh, avenues of expertise that would be very helpful when we explore virtual ministry, and that you had a primary hand in starting a virtual ministry back in the Oklahoma Mission Center. Is that the case?
1: Uh, yeah. It is the case, actually. Um, My background is actually in communication. So my bachelor's was in um, media, digital communications, and um, I've kind of used that to establish some best practices here and there as I can. And virtual ministry is one of those places that I've um, at least tried to lend a hand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So tell us how uh, the virtual ministry expression started in Oklahoma, kind of your journey with that, the ins and outs.
1: Sure. Um, I kind of, it just kind of fell into my lap and I will first of all state that it's been a team effort all the way in Oklahoma. Um, In Oklahoma Mission Center, which is oddly enough comprised of the state of Oklahoma, um, (laughs) we have a very active young adult community who um, are very much dedicated to the mission of the church. And um, so essentially we had they're following Community Places model, which is a program in um, Ontario, and they started an online community um, way back when. I actually don't even know when when they started, but um, they had an online platform. I think they were using GoToMeeting at the time, um, and they were offering this monthly online gathering um, as a way to continue this community that was being established at summer youth camps. And so we were really intrigued by that. And one of our young adults was sent by the mission center out to Ontario to learn more about their model and to see if um, our mission center might be a good fit for um, something similar. So Shelby Moses actually went out to Ontario and had a great time and a great experience learning about their camping model and a little bit about the online gathering component as well um, came back and we all just had kind of a debriefing and realized that this was a great opportunity for us, um, for, from an outreach perspective, um, from a way, um, in which to get young folks involved, because there's a technology component there that a lot of our young folks are already very keen, um, to help with and pretty tech savvy. And so with those two things, we thought, well, Hey, why not? Let's just, let's just try this. And so right off the bat, we just kind of ran with it. And it's been a young adult um led initiative program ever since and as it continues today
0: so what year would you say that started
1: community space what we actually wound up calling it launched in october 2016 so i had since moved to canada um but the rollout was still in process and so the first gathering was in october of 2016
0: so do you participate in in that um ministry even though you're in canada
1: i do um you know, online uh, gatherings have really kind of just broken down the, the barriers of congregational walls and mission center boundaries um, and even international boundaries for that matter. And so I, at this point, have stepped away from the leadership team and I'm not really making decisions about, um, you know, the content that we're doing or um, the speakers and, and guests that we'll have on. My job at this point is to log in from Canada and to help moderate and so I'm, I'm muting and unmuting people and I'm sharing screens and I'm playing background music that's relaxing when folks join so they feel nice and welcome and um, kind of chatting with individual people and saying, you know, thanks for joining those types of things. So that's my role at this point. It's kind of just from an administrative level.
0: So that kind of walks us right into the next thing I want you to share about. And that is, um, tell us what it's like, what your content or kind of the flow of your virtual ministry gathering with community space. Sure.
1: So I think the best term to describe the style of community space is semi-traditional. So we're loosely following the components of a traditional Sunday morning worship service in Community of Christ. Um, but we've updated language and we've abbreviated certain components and, you know, removed other ones altogether and introduced new ones. Um, like, and then just kind of adjustments to other things, like rather than a regular disciples response or an operatory, we're doing online giving opportunities through various, um, church avenues that we have at our disposal. So when people join, um, we do it monthly on Sunday evenings there's an invitation sent out ahead of time via email and on our Facebook event, people can RSVP there, or, you know, just click on a link in the email when it comes and they can join by phone, um, a desktop or a laptop or a tablet. And um, essentially we can, it's just kind of like the Brady bunch intro, you know, you can see everybody in their little squares, um, and the moderator, me, in this case, uh, there's another moderator, Sam Barr, who also lives remotely. She lives in Minneapolis, but she's still assisting as a moderator. Um, she and I log in and initiate the call. And then as people start joining, um, start, you know, getting things going, like I have this intro screen that we've created that says, you know, welcome. Here's a little bit about what you're about to experience. Um, you know, you might get a snack ready because we're going to be having an agape meal here's how you edit your name please add your location if you feel comfortable um, various things like that we've pretty much adopted from community places model in ontario because um, in the background i'll be creating a map of where all of our participants have uh, joined us from that that evening so that's why we like to have their location mm-hmm. um, but then once the call gets started um, we just go right into an introduction which kind of explains briefly um, the ins and outs of the platform, which is Zoom in this case. And so, you know, letting people know that we'll be muting them and unmuting them for them to just kind of use the chat box if they have questions There's a raise hand function, things like that. So we do a brief introduction there. Um, and then we just get started. And the team uses um, online collaborative tools like, um, first of all, uh, well, not Slack in Oklahoma. They use um, GroupMe, which is a group text messaging um, app And they also um, use Google Docs. And so there's just kind of an order of worship that's been established by the group. And we just start working our way down through that because we can all open it up um, on our respective computers wherever we are. And we'll have, like I said, kind of a semi-traditional Sunday service where we have an introduction. Sometimes we'll do a prayer for peace. We'll do a joys and concerns, which we call strengths and struggles. Um, And then there'll be a mini sermon in there Um, or a testimony, we'll have a music moment where there's a YouTube video sent around and people can click and enjoy that and then we'll come back and share about that. There's also a component called Reflect and Connect. And this is also usually a YouTube video um, that we send a link around, people watch it, and then when we come back, we're all engaging in this really great dialogue about what we just watched. And it's usually themed um, appropriately to what the church's um, liturgical calendar has put out. Um, And so, yeah, it's pretty much following a similar Sunday morning service, um, but in an hour online, (laughs) if that makes sense.
0: It does. It makes total sense. So a couple of questions for you. Um, When you share reflections or feedback on something that you've just watched as a group, do you do that in open mic dialogue or do you do that in chat feature on the sidebar? How do you do that?
1: We do both ways um, because I found um, that different people are comfortable with different things. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of the younger folks use use FaceTime a lot. And so seeing yourself on screen and video chatting is normal. For others, um, that's just not something they're comfortable with. They don't really want to talk in front of everybody. um, Or they might have a whole bunch of chaotic sounds in the background. We've had people joining us from the backseat of a car before. (laughs) So sometimes they'll just chat um, instead of that but we do offer both um, and if they do chat one of the moderators will read it um, out loud to the group.
0: Oh, I see. That's great. So, um what are your numbers yeah. run like do you have a range of uh attendance or do, is it up or down what do you usually see?
1: It's usually pretty consistent. We have our regulars um and you know, in Oklahoma anyway, our our average Sunday morning attendance at a lot of our congregations is about 25-30 people and we're getting We're matching that, if not exceeding that, on our monthly calls. Um, But the the attendants, the attendees, rather, are coming to us from places as far away as Tokyo, um, the East Coast, West Coast, Canada, um, all over the place. And so we're not just limited to our our Oklahoma folks.
0: Mm -hmm. And then when you um, do your invite, is that a public invite where people, other people, could see that, or is it targeted to a a network of people you already have in place?
1: So um, Community Space is a program that is officially sponsored by Oklahoma Mission Center. And so through Oklahoma Mission Center's um, social media accounts, that's how we push the the um, invitation. So we'll put out the invitation on like a Facebook event, on Instagram, um, and via our um, Oklahoma Mission Center um, mail list. And then um, basically, just letting them know, here's the theme, who's gonna, here's who's going to be speaking, here's kind of what you can expect. And then the day of, we'll publish the the Zoom link and all that type of information so that people, when it, the time comes, they can just click it. So it's not targeted. It's pretty, pretty public. And we've had people mm-hmm. joining from, you know, just friends of friends of Community of Christ members or um, people who've, this is their first experience with Community of Christ. Um, we've had a really, you know broad range of, of folks jump, uh, jumping in so
0: that's great so somebody could it's a shareable invite where people could click and share in their own network of relationships
1: absolutely yeah
0: that's great and so you mentioned you meet monthly on a sunday evening what time is that and which sunday of the month
1: it's the first sunday evening of every month at 7 p.m. central
0: so as you and your team have kind of lived into this ministry and experience how would you say this virtual connection has enhanced mission and invitation in your context? And so that context is kind of fuzzy because Oklahoma Mission Center is sponsoring it. So it could have an impact there. But it's reaching, as you said, across all these jurisdictional boundaries uh, in ways that Internet can do. So you may see impact there as well.
1: Yeah, Um you know, the biggest thing that I think that has um, enhanced Mission and invitation for us is it's removed a lot of barriers to entry that exist in brick-and-mortar congregations. Um, you know, you can join from your pajamas, and in fact, we encourage people to do that if that's just what they're most comfortable in, um, appropriately so, just so everybody's aware. Um, and depends on what you wear from pajamas, I suppose. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's, it's created a whole new level of accessibility for folks looking to kind of just understand what's Community of Christ like, what are the people like, um, and then for the folks who are Community of Christ, it gives them a chance to get together with, with their friends and, and fellow members um, more frequently that they might not see otherwise. So as far as enhancing Mission and Invitation, it's caused us to, I guess it's created disruption in our traditional Sunday model. Um, by giving us a new platform and new um, avenues to reach folks, and that's just kind of, I think, invigorated and energized a lot of people um, to be able to share in, in ways that they may have not otherwise done, or, or even, you know, ironically enough, they might not even still feel comfortable sharing up front at their own congregation. Ah, but unmuting ah. themselves on Zoom is different than that, you know, because they're at home in their space. And as we know, there are a lot of different um, personality types. And, you know, it's just not one of those things that everybody feels comfortable doing is getting up front and sharing or singing or things like that. But when you're behind a screen, it kind of gives you a little bit of um, courage, I think.
0: That's a new thing that I haven't heard um, people identify as something that has um, enriched our connection with one another and our participation. And that is recognizing that there is a certain amount of comfort or safety to be on the other side of a computer screen, as opposed to face to face in a sanctuary standing up in front of a lot of people uh, with a microphone. Um, And right. Wow. I hadn't thought of that before and I haven't heard anybody else uh, recognize that either. That's a great learning.
1: Yeah. And so like in, in general, sorry, in general, um, I think that it's, it's one of those things that allows us to get to know each other a bit better um, because The quiet person in the corner at your congregation actually might have a lot to offer, but just not in that one particular context.
0: Yeah, for sure. It kind of levels the playing field or makes the table round instead of a head and a foot of the table. and People can access in in different ways. So Parker, if you had this to do all over again, is there anything that you learned along the way that you wish you had known when you first started out?
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, a lot of things. <laughs> um, there's such a learning curve to technology always. And, you know, quite frankly, the Zoom um, platform that we started with has added new, the company has added new um, new technologies to its own software in the last two years. Um, that's completely changed the game as we've, we've moved on. Um, I think as far as things that um, I wish I had known, it would be that it takes people a while to get comfortable with things. And I know for the first 12 months of community space being live, um, we really struggled with dialogue. People did not feel comfortable unmuting themselves. And it was just like a whole bunch of people staring at you as a moderator. <laughs>
0: just,
1: you know. And it was obvious they were not ready to be unmuted. But we kept doing it and we kept trying it. And eventually people we you know because as we were doing the planning of the services we would we would ask regular attendees if they'd be willing to share something here and there and for those intentional invitations people have kind of come out of their shells and we can't get people to stop talking at this point that two years in uh well not even two years in and and so we we are really enjoying that at this point that we don't need to rely so much as um uh, rely so much on the sermon um, being the made, like the biggest component of the service, at this point, people are loving sharing about really relevant issues that we can tackle as they come in the news and you know through World Church um, announcements and things like that. And we can really debate and talk about really important issues um, as they come. So if I could do it all over again, I think I would have said, you know, it just takes some patience in the first few months to get things going and to get people comfortable with the consistent model that you're putting forth. Um, that would definitely be one of them. There's also the second would be learning curve for all the technology stuff. Um, Zoom is relatively easy to use, but we're still finding new things that we didn't know about um, that have actually been around all along. And sometimes we are the limitations. Like we don't know how to do something and we just didn't even know. And now when we can do it, we all have to, as a team, learn how to do it so that we can offer it for this particular group. Um, One of the good things is there's an entire network of online communities, which um, exist around the world in community of Christ. And most of them, I think, if not all of them at this point are using Zoom. So we have an online community of these people that are in leadership capacities in these online communities, and they're sharing with each other, hey, I learned this today. I didn't even know I could do this. And so we're able to kind of, you know, have that knowledge um, transfer there, if you will, um, whenever, whenever we come together like that. So that's, I think I felt like we were going at it alone in the beginning, only Mm -hmm. to realize, hey, we have a whole bunch of people that are doing these types of things. Why don't we ask each other?
0: Yeah, and that's a relatively new thing, Um, putting an online Facebook group together that allows people to have that opportunity to share with each other and and actually claim the fact that we're not doing it alone is great. Mm. So kind of connected to what you wish you had known when you started out, is um, you now have been doing this for a while and have experience in the trenches, so to speak, and um, things begin to emerge, learnings that we take with us um, in the form of maybe some guiding principles or best practices, or even, you know, a counsel or advice you might offer to someone who's just starting out or thinking about um, starting a virtual ministry.
1: Yeah, um, there are a lot. I mean, I think as far as advice, (laughs) um, it's just, I think we tend to box people up based on, you know, age, various demographics, location, socioeconomic status. Um, And my experience has taught me with community space that, you know, I thought, oh, this will be a young, trendy thing that young people attend. Um, and we won't get any of the older folks. Well, that's just not exactly how it's worked out at all. We've had people in their 80s on as consistent regular attendees who love it, um, and all the way down to youth and young adults. And so um, it's just one of those things that if you just put it out there and try and really are adamant that this is for everyone, it's an intergenerational activity, it's a program of the entire mission center or whatever jurisdiction you're working on behalf of, um, people will come because in community of Christ, connection and community is so important that if you provide it, if you provide that round table as you described, people are gonna show up to it. Um and, and that's really been some a big learning curve for me um and something that I just wanna make sure that people who are maybe considering doing something like this um recognize is it's a huge opportunity um to connect with people in a safe space. Um, as far as guiding principles or best practices, um, the great thing about Zoom, and well, I shouldn't just say Zoom, online gathering, um, is that it's kind of an incubator for new things, because it's always new. Because every single time we log on, there's a new functionality that Zoom has rolled out. There's a new thing we can do. And so we're constantly self-improving. And it's really just taught us to you know, be prepared and to not just throw something together, because this is something that we really need to take the time to study up on and see what our options are um, so that we can offer a high quality program for the people who want to attend and be involved. Um, and the last piece of advice I would give would be to ask for help um, because the help is out there, uh, not only just to set up your, your online gathering and your community and kind of get going, but also once you start um, the actual ministry, if there are people that you would never even think might be interested who would be absolutely pleased as punch to be asked to give a miniature sermon online. Um, And you just never know until you ask. So I've had lots and lots of really surprising moments that have been very heartwarming to see people just reach out and say, Hey, I want to sign up to do this. Hey, this sounds great. I'd love to to participate in this way. So those are a few things anyway.
0: So tell me a little bit about how you all go about getting um, people to do the mini sermon. Are you largely Drawing from the people who regularly attend, do you ask special guests to do it? Is it a mix-up? Do you have a process you use?
1: Um, We actually do have a process. So every other month is a guest minister, guest speaker, and then the alternate months would be local. So we try to get people that way and just kind of go by that that rule. Um, We use a program that allows people to sign up um, for the openings that we have. So we publish all of our slots online um, on our website. People can sign up and we also share that link to the to the sign up form on each gathering and encourage people to volunteer. And then they can see what the actual dates and times and you know opportunities to serve are and they can sign up for whatever they, they choose. And then we get an email that says they signed up. We contact them, let them know, you know, kind of ahead of time, you're going to be fourth in the order of service. Let's just kind of get you prepared. Do you understand how to use Zoom? Those types of things. Mm -hmm. So we do have a, there is a bit of a, of a process that we've set up.
0: Uh, That sounds like a really great way to not only invite people, but also the way you have it set up, it's easy for them to kind of see what they might sign up for. And it's just easy. Um, When I'm hearing you talk, Parker, I'm hearing you identifying potential barriers and finding ways either around it or how to dissolve those barriers. So the entry becomes very easy and user-friendly.
1: Mm-hmm definitely. And it's a constant battle because you'll find new things that you're like, Oh, I hadn't thought about the fact that that's probably really hard for people to get, you know, to deal with or to understand. And so then we'll make a how to video or how to sheet and put that out there to help people to kind of understand, but it's, it's one worth, worth doing.
0: (laughs) So does your group have another way to connect in between times, like a Facebook group, or do you have some type of communication that goes on in between?
1: So we just, created a Facebook group, actually, um, before we were always relying on Oklahoma mission center account. Um, but not everybody attends those, um, the online gatherings who is um, in the mission center. And so we realized, well, let's kind of create a more targeted group. And so we've invited all the regulars and then it gives them a specific thing to invite their friends to. That's not just, you know, air quotes, Oklahoma mission center, because what is that to non-church members? Um. Um, and so it's, it's allowed us to be a bit more focused with how we're reaching out to people and the brand, if you will, of, of what we're trying to put out there. And we have, we're very vocal about the fact that we are sponsored by Community of Christ Oklahoma mm-hmm. Mission Center. Mm-hmm. It's not about getting away from that. It's just that um, Community of Christ jargon doesn't always make sense to people outside of, of our circles. And so just trying to kind of, overcome that has led us to this place where we've created our own Facebook group. So we'll still share the events that have been created in the Facebook group to the Oklahoma Mission Center, but they now originate with that Facebook group.
0: So I'm hearing a real development of seeker sensitivity or visitors or friends who may have no context or know the the vocabulary of Community of Christ. So interpreting that and communicating it in words that people understand, which still represents authentically who we are as community of Christ, but helps people understand what we're actually saying.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. And, you know, people will share in the group and um, we were, we're, we're saving the chats that that people um, type into the actual online gathering. And we might say, Apostle Robin Linkhart shared this YouTube video in the chat box tonight. Um, And we might post that on the Facebook group, you know, and to for the folks who may have missed that particular gathering. And so we're trying to continue that dialogue or maybe the video that we watched for the Reflecting Connect, we'll also share in the Facebook group and continue that conversation after the call is, is, has ended. So we're trying to experiment with things like that.
0: That is a great idea. I love that. I'm involved in Forward With Community and it's so helpful to hear how other people are doing things and new ideas emerge. That's great. I love that. We have a Facebook group also. And so finding ways to utilize that in ways that make sense and are relevant to the people uh, engaged is very helpful. So as mm. you um, look into the future, what, what's on the horizon for virtual ministry uh, as you look at your context, the Oklahoma Mission Center context, but the context globally? in Canada or the places you serve? What are you kind of seeing on the horizon?
1: Um, you know, I think each community that that's kind of um, come into being, these online communities, is filling a certain need. And whether that's, you know, a, a cultural need, you know, people in Oklahoma that are running the program are obviously reflecting the type of worship that they've experienced in Oklahoma. Um, but the, the gathering in Ontario and Canada is, also a reflection of, of their style of worship and, and their culture and so we've got this kind of limitless opportunity before us um, to really fill a whole lot of various needs um, in an online capacity that anyone can tap into so kind of what I'm looking forward to in the future is a lot more collaboration between these virtual ministries um, and these online communities and their leadership teams because you know it, it might be that someone's not really terribly happy with the type of, of ministry that we're doing on the Oklahoma online gathering, but the one in, in Canada might speak to them better because of where they're at either physically or just spiritually. And so we can refer and we have a network at that point of, of other online communities that, Hey, this one might not work out for you, but we have other ones too. <clears throat> and so I kind of see it as almost a United Nations, if you will, of mm. online communities that can actually support one another and to kind of um complement one another if you will so that's kind of hope that's my hope for the horizon as we move forward is to kind of uh, work together more to be able to connect people with the communities that would be the most beneficial to them
0: that's really visionary i appreciate that i think sometimes i've heard some conversation occasionally mostly from people who who are not in uh, virtual ministries wondering about um you know, competing with one another or what are we going to do if this actually takes people away from some other ministry. And what we're actually seeing is it's geometrically progressive and the internet is such a vast um, space and uh, grouping of networks and relationships that it it never runs out. And everything we do in ministry, whether it's face-to-face or regional or internet and global actually complements one another and as you stated in oklahoma mission center there's a sense of new energy and excitement that runs through everything we're doing whether you're directly connected to it or not so i find that incredibly exciting and understanding that the sky is really the limit when we get into this
1: absolutely absolutely
0: so Parker, is there anything else that you've wanted to share about virtual ministry um, that I didn't ask you about?
1: Um, not that I can think of at the moment. I think it's just kind of the new frontier for at least Community of Christ at the moment. And I really just encourage people to, you know, if, if you're having a hard time inviting people and being, um, yeah, I guess being invitational to folks to come to your actual brick and mortar congregation. Um try an online community. Maybe that's a great entry point for them because while it's an entry point for them, it's integrating the, the legacy members who have been there all along who are your regular attendees and this new person on kind of a neutral ground, uh, proverbial ground in this case online. Mm-hmm. And it's a really wonderful opportunity to keep everybody in their comfort zones in that safe space um, because you're not having to all physically show up to this building that You know, a lot of people have triggering thoughts when it comes to walking into a church, depending on their background. But if they can meet the community first online, it really removes some of those barriers to entry and at least starts the conversation. So I would encourage folks to try that if that's something they're struggling with.
0: Well, thank you so much, Parker. And I want to make sure our listeners know that Community Space meets the first Sunday of every month at 7 p.m. Central Time. If you want to check it out, go to the Oklahoma Mission Center website and there should be information there. Is that correct, Parker?
1: Correct. Um, www.ceofchristokmc.org.
0: Okay, listeners, you you now have all the information you need to check out community space. Parker, I want to thank you for making time in your busy schedule to join us here today and to really take us on a journey with you as you described how Oklahoma Mission Center began to participate in providing virtual ministry and the journey it took all of you on some of it um, very different than you first anticipated but it sounds like it's a wonderful experience for everyone involved so Absolutely.
1: it was my pleasure and a special thanks to the community space leadership team um, Ashley Sam and uh, Shelby and anybody else who tends to help us on our services we really appreciate that. Um, So hopefully, you will meet one of us on our future online calls.
0: Yes. Thanks again, Parker. You have a great rest of your day. And thanks to all of you out there, all you listeners for joining us once again at Project Zion podcast. This is your host, Robin Linkart. Go out and make the world a better place. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Project Zion Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast streaming service you use, and while you are there, give us a five-star rating. Project Zion Podcast is sponsored by Latter-day Seeker Ministries of Community of Christ. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy, or position of Latter-day Seeker Ministries or Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines.